Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to the Morning Woods. I'm Miles Tridel, writer, producer, and narrator of this episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider writing a review and sharing the show with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. My dad flipped houses like the people you see on TV only without all the jokes and money and happy endings. He was in deep, I came to find out once I was older. When I was ten, my brother six, he took on a particularly dreary place after the last living family member passed away from a drug overdose. The poor fool didn't leave a note or nothing, so, as it were, the house went up for auction. My dad didn't have to bid too high to be the lucky winner. The place was your typical drug den, or so I assume. I don't get into that stuff myself. The floors hadn't been cleaned in maybe decades. The walls had all kinds of spots from the good lord only knows what. There was all kinds of knickknacks and paraphernalia, both of the drug sorts and others, scattered anywhere you looked. Some of it actually seemed kind of nice, so once all the dangerous stuff was cleaned up, Dad brought me and John over for a treasure hunt. I claimed a mountain bike from the garage and a nice pair of headphones I found in an upstairs room. I tried not to think about how such quality items were procured by the types of folks who would have hung around that place. When I tried to show John my winnings, I found him in what was probably the master bedroom at one point. He was sitting cross-legged on the floor, looking up at a portrait. It was an oval-shaped photograph of a middle-aged woman with curly dark hair, done up like an austere style. The thing looked like it could be a hundred years old. Based on the woman's high-necked dress and what kind of looked like lace napkins draped over her shoulders, it probably was. Despite the strictness the woman's style conveyed, her expression was soft, sort of inviting, if you will. I couldn't say she was smiling, but I also can't really say she wasn't. My brother seemed to agree that she looked friendly, because when I found him, he was deep in conversation with the image. You might find that strange, but keep in mind he was six years old at the time and had the wild imagination that comes with such an age. When it was time to leave, he asked my dad if he could take the portrait with him. It was pretty obvious Dad wanted to leave it alone. He thought it was pretty strange, and I guess it was. But in the end, he managed to pry the old thing off the wall and give it to John. If that house is still standing, you could probably see where it was to this day. The paint behind it was lighter than the rest of the wall, having been saved from the dust and smoke over the years. There was an odd little symbol carved behind it, too. I wish I'd have taken a picture, because it's kind of hard to describe. Not sure I can even trust my memory enough to talk about it anyway. Just imagine something that kind of looks like a snapshot from a complex piece of music. That's the best I can do. My little brother put that portrait under his bed when we got home. I'd find him taking it out and talking to the old woman more and more frequently as the weeks went by. I could overhear him telling her about his day at school, about his family, about stuff that made him angry. She was his confidant. One day I found him dragging the portrait up the ladder to the attic. 
I asked him why he was putting it away and he told me he didn't like talking to the lady anymore. He said she was getting mean and wanted him to do bad things. He wouldn't tell me what they were. According to him, when he refused whatever she'd asked, she told him she would take him away, make him disappear if he ever talked to her again. Let me repeat that the boy was six years old, alright? Wild imaginations and all that. Well, I'm going to fast forward a couple decades to the week of our dear dad passing away. After his funeral, my brother and I went to our old home to sort through the belongings left there. In the attic, exactly where John had left it that day I found him on the ladder, was the portrait. Besides a good amount of dust, it looked just like it had before. John picked the thing up and smirked at me. He asked if I remembered when he went through that phase of talking to the woman. I told him I did. He looked her in the eyes and said, I don't know why I was so afraid of you. Look at you now, you old hag. Just a dusty old woman. He laughed and tossed the portrait aside. When we finished going through every room, my brother got in his truck and drove off. That was the last time I saw him. The cops found his truck parked in front of his house like it always was, but there's been no trace of John. I've asked friends and family if anyone talked to him after he left Dad's house that day, but it seems I was the last to speak to him. If anyone sees or hears from him, please let me know. I need to ask him why he put that portrait in my trunk. If you'd like more from The Warning Woods, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash thewarningwoods. Patrons get early access to ad-free episodes, bonus episodes, exclusive downloads, and more. Do you think the music from this episode would fit a project you're working on? Patrons can download the music from each episode, license-free, for personal or professional use. Visit patreon.com slash thewarningwoods. Thank you. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.